Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hello. I'm uh, Axel Desquitter, a partner with Hydric and Struggles Paris office and member of the corporate officers practice. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Cécile Cabanis, board member and former executive vice president, chief financial officer, technology and data, cycles and procurement of Danone, the multinational food products corporation. Cécile joined Danone in 2004 and has served in a range of key positions in finance until she decided to step down as CFO in February 2021. Cécile sits on both the Danone and the Schneider Electric Boards. Cécile, welcome and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. So Cécile, you have grown within Danone. Can you tell us about your career journey and what helped you succeed and get you where you are today? I started a bit by chance because I graduated as an engineer of uh, agronomy and I followed uh, my husband to South Africa. And being there, I didn't really know what to do. And I didn't want to read a newspaper around the violence that came every day. It was 95, just uh, the end of the apartheid. So I was willing to take any job and there was an option in L'Oréal to replace someone who was going into maternity leave. So I started there. And after that replacement, they hired me to do logistics in, uh, in the factory. So that's how I started. I spent four years in South Africa. And then I said to myself, let's go back to France and probably learn from um, bigger corporation and, uh, and discipline. So I went to internal audit for L'Oréal. At L'Oréal, it's really a group of young talent, and I had the opportunity to do an audit in China, six weeks in China, then in Italy. But I didn't feel like uh, being young, unexperienced, as I felt I was. I could really be a, a good auditor, and I didn't feel the right to tell uh, big senior guys uh, how they should conduct the business. And as I am a doer, I was really looking for something else. And it was the big internet and mobile uh, revolution. And France Telecom was just acquiring Orange. And uh, they were looking for talent in finance. So uh, I went there as a business controller, but it was summer. And summer, August in France, no one is there except the newcomers. And they were preparing the public offering of Orange. So they saw me in a corridor. They said, come and help us. And that's how I started m a which was really by chance. Uh, I never wanted to be a <laughs> M&A person, but I really loved it. And that was always in the back of my mind. And I wouldn't be fully able to explain it because part of it was rational, but part of it was just inspiration from the leaders, the willingness to join Danone. I really liked uh, the way the leaders were different, the way uh, the vision was for the business. And there was this, uh, this process of hiring a new uh, head of mergers and acquisition. So the headhunter said, you're young, you're a woman, you're external, you don't have a lot of, uh, <laughs> of luck, but you did so many deals, uh, let's try. 
so that's how I joined Danone. And my biggest memory was I went for an interview with Franck Ribou, who was the head of Danone at that time. And he said to me, well, I'm not sure there is a job, but I'm sure you can do things. So we'll find a table and a chair and we will be able to use you. And for me, that's really been the, the, the kind of fil rouge of my career is really uh, the need to be useful, uh, the need to have some impact and the need to be surrounded with people who would both acknowledge my strengths and uh, how I could uh, grow. And where I was really lucky or not, I don't know, because I think we should all manage uh, talent like that, but that... Uh, People really build on my strengths. They took some risk. They made short, shortcuts because they believed in me and they saw in me something bigger that I even see in myself. And when you say people saw in you, you, you mean uh, Emmanuel and, and, and CHR, the leaders of Danone? Yeah. yeah. If you really follow the uh, kind of HR process, I guess I would be an accountant somewhere in, pro, in, uh, in the city of France. So I think you really need uh, leaders who understand and, uh, and, and see in you uh, the kind of thing they, they can build with you. I had a boss a very long time ago in Danone who said to me, Cecile, people will tell you to develop what are your weaknesses. You shouldn't listen to that. Uh, you should really push on your strengths. Because if you are uh, really uh, busy working on your weaknesses, you will weaken your strengths and then you will become average. And I think that was a huge learning for me. I think nobody's perfect, but everyone has a talent. And I think it's really by respecting and putting everyone to the best of its talent uh, that you can build the strongest teams. And then um, I did many finance jobs, both operational uh, after five years of M&A. And uh, when Emmanuel was named uh, CEO, he asked me to uh, join him as a CFO. At the beginning, I put a huge pressure on, on myself because for me, it, it was something uh, big. So I, uh, I really uh, was very keen to succeed, to not let people down, to be uh, useful, to bring what I could. And in Danone, it's not like in some companies where you get uh, media training, people are really surrounding you. You get into the pool and you learn how to swim. But that's also what is, uh, what is absolutely key in raising um, experience, uh, learning how to fall and uh, And, uh, and get up again. And then after two years, he asked me to take also the full procurement and to some extent sustainability, at least on the key strategic resources of Danone. I think it was very smart because it, it forces you to have a tension between looking at uh, short-term performance and making sure that you keep the mid and long-term in your own head and it's not dealt somewhere else. Uh, and I think that's where Danone built a very big differentiation is to, uh, to force every one of us to really make sure that uh, we have these two dimensions, which sometimes make you uh, schizophrenic, but I think is really key when you want to, uh, to progress. And maybe two, two questions at this stage. So first of all, how did you use your CFO role to have this impact? And second of all, you said that you put a lot of pressure on yourself 
when you became the, the CFO of a, of a public listed company, what was the biggest personal and technical challenge as such? On your first question, I think overall, you, you can have impact in uh, any type of function. It's really the, the willingness to uh, develop teams, to embark teams. And in the finance role of Danone, you have the strategy part. You have the MNA part, uh, so there are a lot of things that you uh, oversee and you have impact to. Finance is a great function because at the end of the day, it always comes to finance with some numbers in terms of decision. So you're really at the crossroad of everything and nothing will happen without you. So I think it's a, it's, it's a function where you can really make a difference and where it's easy to be the kind of uh, guardian, it's more difficult to be really at the service of the business, the enabler, the managing the tension, but that's what makes it unique in terms of job and impact. It's really an important function. After, I took the sponsorship of diversity and inclusive diversity because I fundamentally believe in that. And I think to succeed, you also need to take things that you, you are really convinced in your trip. So I think you also make your impact above and beyond your only uh, function. And then on the difficulties, I think the, the biggest one was around external communication. I am not someone who likes to shine in the light. I am very enthusiastic, very energetic, uh, like uh, to uh, talk with the teams internally, but I'm, I'm always more reluctant to put myself on the, on the front scene. And I've never learned that in my experience. So it was totally new. So at the beginning, I, uh, I worked a lot on uh, my script, uh, working hours and hours. And at the end, what is funny, and that's where I think you can learn mostly everything by experience, is that I was much stronger when I was talking with my conviction, with no script. Uh, but that was a, a, a big learning curve and not the, the, the one part okay, I was the most comfortable uh, to do. Great. Um, and maybe, Axel, sorry, because to, to be uh, clearer on uh, the key moments of the career, the advice I could give is uh, not to hesitate to say no at some opportunities if you really believe what you say yes to. And it happens for me several times. I said no, and it was, uh, it was the right thing to do. So I think especially women, we tend to uh, be where people ask us to, uh, to move and so on. So either you have the right leaders and it's all good. But I think at some point, if you are not fully convinced that this is for you, that this is where your talent uh, will be uh, fully expressed, okay. you need to be able to say no. Is this what happened when you decided to, to, to step down from your CFO role, for instance? No, it was much earlier in my career and it always comes with some uh, better opportunities. So I think if you're really true to yourself, you can really get uh, the good out of it. Why I stepped down of my CFO role is, uh, is very simple. Uh, 16 years at Danone, great experience. It's, uh, it's honestly a company I would recommend to anyone because it's... It's a, com it, it's a project more than a company. People are fully engaged. There is a, a level of energy which is uh, really great. But after 16 years, having done a lot of things, 
I found myself in a situation where I start, I started to feel routine. Also in Danone, there is never routine because there are always things that are happening. And I was willing to really go for something different and have some impact and learnings from uh, something new. And I think it's also good to leave the place to new talents. I had built my team in finance, which was uh, really a great team. And my successor is coming from internal team, from my team. And I think at some point you also need fresh blood for uh, new transformation. And uh, and I believed it was the right thing to do. But because I love Danone, I'm staying on the board and I'm very happy to support them uh, differently. So, yes, coming back to, to 2020 uh, and to the COVID crisis, leaders who are... Uh able to flex and adapt, have, have navigated the, the pandemic with, with ease. Um, what leadership skills have been essential uh, for you and your team in order to thrive in that context? So I think what the crisis revealed and for me that was really great in terms of leadership and in terms of team is that I found the crisis to be a catalyst of both initiative and care. Often in a company, you see, you meet people in the morning, you ask, how are you? Probably the person is at the end of the corridor before you are able to answer. And I think during the crisis, there was a real care for each other, uh, which was uh, meaningful. And at the same time, what I saw is teams able to really build solidarity, to be very agile a bit away from usual processes, a bit away from uh, having the classical kind of three steps, decision process and, uh, and routine. And I think they demonstrated huge ability to take initiative and decision. And for me, it's, it's things that we need to keep going forward. I think the first lockdown was really um, a discovery on uh, the way the team were able to manage from a distance, sometimes in conditions that were really tough, having the kids at home and so on. The way they developed care for each other and managed to take new initiatives to interact, even informally, because the coffee machine didn't exist anymore. And in Danone, we have a very informal culture, so that was part of, uh, of the energy. So on that, I think it was very positive. After, it's true that it was very tiring on people because when you're at home doing, doing video uh, during several hours, it's kind of tiring. The management of energy was more complex. Personally, I spent the first uh, lockdown alone in Paris. And, and sometimes you just lose the time and space because you're working all the time and, you know, you just have uh, uh, two foot to make between your bed and, uh, and your office and your uh, kitchen. So it's, it's very strange. And I think we need to uh, really see how we can uh, build on what was positive learnings in this, uh, in this period and really try to uh, remove the kind of pain and, and tiredness that everyone is now after the third lockdown experiencing and people start to, to really miss social interaction. And I think it's a lot of pressure. How have last year's challenges supported in the refocusing of your priorities as a CFO on a professional standpoint? It was really clear uh, at the beginning of the crisis that we needed 
few priorities and that these priorities would be people safety, making sure that we would not have to break the supply chain and we didn't close any factory in the world and cash management and support to the ecosystem. Because at the end of the day, if you don't support your ecosystem and your suppliers and, uh, and all the chain, it can, it can stop at any point. Uh, so we made a lot uh, around that. And during a few months, we were fully focused on those priorities. The, the finance function today and the industry is much friendlier to women than uh, it was 15 years ago. Nonetheless, is there a specific advice you'd offer to young women who want careers in finance? My start was, uh, was tough, but it was uh, many years ago, uh, being external and being uh, a woman. I think in order to really uh, build the way forward, we need to uh, make sure that we are women and we endorse the fact that we are women. We don't need to be uh, a kind of man to, uh, to travel in this, uh, in this corporate uh, world. And, and Franck Ribou had... Uh, had a very uh, nice way to say it. He said, uh, I want women who are women and not women who are trying to resemble to um, the rest of the organization. So I would say, uh, stay true to yourself, put your limits, push your talents. And at the end of the day, they will get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's true that uh, I think it's a, it's a period that is very favorable for the diversity overall and inclusive diversity. I'm a great sponsor of it. I think some of the companies are really in advance. Uh, some need to work, but there have been a lot of measures to really uh, enable that. We are still missing women talent at the right level. We need also to make sure that as leaders, we take risk on women as we take risk on men. And we really have a full uh, understanding that uh, diversity is what will make you successful. Um, so you're no longer the CFO, but you still sit, uh, sit at the board of, of Danone. Looking ahead, what, what is Danone's future strategy? Well, I don't think the strategy uh, is changing. I think the, the vision and uh, everything we put in uh, two or 30 objectives and being the first entreprise à mission is absolutely key. I did a lot in uh, trying to um, really build things and be pioneer in uh, finance, uh, sustainable finance, and how we could really make it as a, as a process. So for me, it's not a change in strategy. It's really uh, around uh, executing. And you have this uh, local first plan where it's true that uh, a lot makes sense. And then it's around execution. It's around pacing the priorities. And it's around, and I think it's not specific to Danan, but to everyone, being a listed company, people ask you to do everything at the same time. So... Uh, be great in sustainability and perform financially. So I think the key stake for many of us is really to maintain this tension, to be both able to deliver performance, because at the end, uh, it is a way and a freedom to invest. And then making sure that you continue to do the job uh, in terms of uh, sustainability whether it's on environment, on social, 
on health for Danone because Danone has very strong objectives in health and overall uh, governance. And so what challenges do you foresee for the industry in the next five years? And how is Danone preparing for them? Well, I think that there's been quite a lot of disruption. Uh, before the crisis, there was a, a huge trend in localization, uh, more traceability. People started to really look at the backpack and the ingredients rather than the brand. There were many, many small brands that took a lot of leadership in the industry with a, a lot of innovations being uh, closer to what uh, the people were expecting. And with the crisis, people really came back to a bigger brand, uh, to uh, the trust element of what the brand brings. And I think going forward, it's really the, the mix of both to make sure that brands are committed to positive impact with the right ingredients when it comes to food, natural, but also the test, because let's, uh, let's be clear that we talk about food. And then around uh, locality, around having a local supply chain, around being clear that food is a local business. So you need to make sure that uh, you are answering the local uh, citizen need. And at the end of the day, it's really a power that people have in uh, when they choose their food, they, they really uh, vote for the world they live in. And then we need also to make sure that we understand there are still contradictions between citizens and consumers. And we also need to make sure that we build on both to really make the right brand that engage, that are fun, that people want to buy, but with the right positive impacts, because now everyone is, is really clear that we need to move very quickly on changing the food system that we've built for centuries now. Well, thank you, Cecil. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Maybe, yes. I think, um, especially uh, in those times where everything seems to be complex and painful, it's don't forget to have fun. I think at the end of the day, the best way to do a great job is because you wake up in the morning and uh, you are happy to do what you do. Uh, I think it's important to really uh, keep some time for fun. Uh, keep some time uh, to really meet people that are making you day and, 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 uh, and be balanced in everything you do. You can spend hours at work. It can be very painful or it can be something great. Uh, so I think it's really important to, uh, to be your true self. Uh, I think no one uh, is entitled to uh, <laughs> to stop you for being your true self because at the end of the day, if you have great leaders, that will they will take you for uh, your talents and who you are. Raise your voice. <laughs> great. Well, Cecile, thank you for um, making the time to um, to speak with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.